Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham. Wait, hang on. What in God's name happened in here? Who came through and put Christmas stuff, Christmas decorations, Christmas items, all of... I disapprove. Very... I can't even speak. Like, this makes me legitimately angry. Uh, Y'all, it's not Thanksgiving yet. There should be no Christmas. I'm sorry if that makes me the Grinch, but that is the case. The elves came through this morning. It's Bernie the Elf, Joe. Bernie the Elf came through this morning, put Christmas stuff... This this makes me angry, Mark. Uh, I'm not not a fan of it. Santa, Santa should keep his his jackboots out of the Thanksgiving season. Anyway, this is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk ninety six point five KPL two three two fifteen forty two. If you want to call in, be part of the program. Uh, I'm sorry, Bernie, if you're listening, but this is unacceptable, and I I I will be filing a complaint with HR. Uh, this. <laughs> I feel very threatened right now. Uh, this is far too much jolly. Not th- not not amused by it at all. Anyway, lots to go over today. Uh, there's lots of reasons to not be jolly. Of course, there's there is the uh, there there's whatever is going on with John Kennedy now saying that he's considering a run for governor. That's got me thrown off. Uh, we're, we, you know, we're still looking at the data, the, the exit polling, the final data is still coming out. The, they're still counting votes from the midterms. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, it looks like the Republicans will be able to walk away with a slim majority in the House, but we will keep following that. I'm, I just have so many concerns. Let's, let's start with the state. So let me actually start with my morning column from Red State. Because I think it feeds into what we're seeing with the John Kennedy stuff. And I'll get to that uh, here shortly. By the way, you can find the show notes, find links to my columns, everything I'm talking about today on Substack, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. And you can get, uh, you can you can see the breakdown, see everything uh, here that I'm talking about. Um. I am I am really struggling right now to to properly explain what is going on here at the uh here at the uh in in the in the post 2022 election. Right now the uh, the Republican Party is kind of at a crossroads. See, there there has to be a transition that's made here, and there is a shift in public perception as to where the GOP needs to go. And you're starting to see some polls come out. These are flash polls. I'm not exactly. I heard Moon this morning talking about the polls and everything. Um, there's there's reason to be skeptical right now, but there is this concern, and it's very palpable. It's not just this data that's come out, but it's the feel that you can get talking to other people. And I've talked to a lot of people. I've talked with a lot of pundits. I've talked with a lot of pe- uh, social media followers, had all these interactions. The GOP needs to make a shift. And I've said this before, and it, it bears repeating, the GOP has to stop looking back looking backwards and they st- need to they need to look forward they need to move on 
But it's not just the national GOP. We're sitting here having talks about Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis. Uh, should Ronna McDaniel still be in charge of the RNC? She's going to run to, to continue heading that up. We've got talks about who should head up the NRCC, the NRSC, all of this going on. We have to fix, Republicans have to fix what's going on at the state level. The state level is where there is a huge problem right now. You can whine and moan and complain about the state of the national GOP. You can talk until your head falls off about Mitch McConnell and the Senate Leadership Fund and where they did and did not throw money. You can talk forever about Rick Scott and the National Republican Senatorial Committee's money problems and their strategy. You can talk about uh, Kevin McCarthy, whether or not he's going to be able to. You can talk about all that, but let's not forget that it's the state GOP that is supposed to find these candidates and run them. And we had a bad slate of candidates. And I mentioned that from the start. Yes, the poll numbers going into Election Day looked good, but the poll numbers were being bumped up by Republican pollsters who for reasons that made sense, but ultimately proved to be disastrous in practice, they were good in theory, bad in practice, were adding points to Republican numbers in their polls where they didn't need to. And you cannot overcome historically bad candidates when discussing all of these things. But at the state level, the state parties are the ones that time and time again need to really, really do better at candidate recruitment, candidate support, and candidate education. You need to be able to train your candidates. The Republican Party in Georgia, for example, completely obsolete this year. Their GOP leader, David Schaefer, is actually actively being ignored by Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp's own get-out-the-vote operation helped him secure a massive landslide victory in Georgia. So big that Mitch McConnell's Senate Leadership Fund is actually coming into Georgia, and they there's an agreement between Kemp's campaign and the Senate Leadership Fund that Kemp is going to loan the people on that get-out-the-vote effort on his campaign team to the Senate Leadership Fund, and for the first time ever, the Senate Leadership Fund will have boots on the ground in an actual get-out-the-vote effort. Normally, they just fund, but now they are doing actual GOTV uh, movements in the state of Georgia. They want to win that 50th seat. And you may think, why bother? The Democrats have already retained control of the Senate. Yes, but you want that 50-50 split because if the left continues to go too far left, you may still pick up a Kirsten Cinema or a Joe Manchin. You, that's easier to do than with a 51-49. But David Schaefer is one of the Stop the Steal guys. He was one of the fake electors. He was one of the guys that actively recruited people to run against Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger at the behest of Donald Trump. They failed in their primaries. Donald Trump spent more to take out Brian Kemp than he spent to take out Liz Cheney, much less anybody else. And it failed. And Brian Kemp and the rest of the elected Republican officials in Georgia, as a result, 
are obs- they 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 looked at the state party and said, "No, we're going to do it on our own." And they did it and they won big. Herschel Walker had to rely on the state GOP. And now the Senate Leadership Fund is coming in and they're going to help Walker. Walker's already raised about 11 million since the start of the runoff. But here we are now. Arizona has been an absolute train wreck of a GOP for years. Kari Lake looked like a fine candidate until she had this bizarre off-the-wall attack on a reporter that really did hurt her. Blake Masters was not a good candidate. He got better as the campaign went on. But the very reason for a Kari Lake and a Blake Masters to get into that race was to appease Trump. And they didn't do so hot. Adam Laxalt barely missed out. He was, not, he was seen as a Trump guy, but was not overly Trumpy in the way that he handled himself in the campaign. That's why it was so narrow there versus how big it was for Blake Masters in Arizona. In Virginia and in Florida and in New York, the state Republican parties in those three states did a phenomenal job. Ron DeSantis won big. Lee Zeldin came close to knocking off uh, incumbent Kathy Hochul. And the Republicans have flipped a lot of seats in New York. Something went right there. In Virginia last year, big Republicans wins there. The Republican State Party in those states know how to do it. And of course, Florida being Florida, I mean... What else is there to say other than a unified Republican Party there is doing wonders? And then that brings us to Louisiana. Let me go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about what's happening in our own state, because this is just mind boggling to me. 232-1542. Let's take a break. Of course, your calls are welcome. Your comments on the KPEL app chat are also welcome. Be careful driving out there. It is a bit rainy and I think I just heard some thunder. Y'all have a go, and we will be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Okay, I've settled down a bit. Even though the smell of Christmas sugar cookies is still lingering in the air in the studio, it is it's very much, very much a concern for me. Um, I am a mean one. I am Mr. Grinch. But anyway, 232-1542 if you want to call and be part of the program. Look, uh... The Arizona GOP is a clown show. California GOP is a corrupt apparatus that only lives to serve Kevin McCarthy. They have some good people in the GOP in California, but the state GOP, the the party apparatus, serves Kevin McCarthy and Kevin McCarthy only. Um, In Michigan, they refuse to take any responsibility for what happened, despite the fact that Tudor Dixon was close in all the polling and utterly collapsed. Candidate problems, candidate problems, candidate problems across the board in all of these states. Ironically, there are some good wins in California and some great wins in New York, of all places, that could hand control of the House to the GOP. There are some great wins coming out of Arizona. There are some great wins coming out of Nevada, but they're not at those statewide levels. And that's what's important. There needs to be better candidate recruitment. That leads me to Louisiana. Jeff Landry announced very early that he was running for governor, and he did so, I think, with the right message, saying, I'm not running, we're running. I've mentioned this before. I think it was the right message. Because you want to try to unify people behind you before everybody else jumps in. But then the state GOP, 
voted to endorse. And now that official endorsement came out today. Scott McKay has more on this over at the Hayride, but it's important to know that that endorsement comes out and then John Kennedy releases his statement saying, you know what? I'm thinking about running. Says he's seriously considering. Here's the statement. Brandon had this up at KPL this morning. I've spent my life and career serving the people of Louisiana. Becky and I raised our family here, and we are so proud to call it home. But we can't deny that our great state is facing serious challenges. To meet those challenges, Louisiana families deserve a governor who can lead our state and help solve our toughest problems. Over the last year, Louisianians have asked me time and again to come home and serve as our governor during these difficult times. Becky and I love the people of Louisiana. We've always listened to them, so I'm giving serious consideration to entering the governor's race. I'll be announcing my decision soon. He also released the results of a poll that apparently he had commissioned showing him up against all the other announced and speculated candidates. Here are the results. John Kennedy, 21.7%. Jeff Landry, 12.8%. Billy Nungesser, 6.9%. Bill Cassidy on the Democrat and Hewen with 0.3%. On the Democrat and Hewen with 0.3%. On the Democratic side, Sean Wilson with 18.2%. Undecideds, 25.6%. Refused to answer 0.4%. Hunter Lundy, the independent, the third-party candidate, by the way, 2.3%. Looking at that poll, it's a three-way dance between John Kennedy, Jeff Landry, and Sean Wilson, but there's 25, there's over a quarter of the voters in the poll don't know or undecided, can't really tell right now. Okay, look, there's two things going on here. One of two things is happening right now. The first is John Kennedy is looking back at his state. He sees the Louisiana GOP doing its thing. He sees Jeff Landry. He sees all the people complaining about the Louisiana GOP. And he's saying, don't make me come down there. He's threatening, look, if you guys can't handle your own stuff, I'll come get involved. Meant to scare off people, meant to have them calm down, get their act together, because Louisiana cannot afford another Democratic governor. Literally, cannot, if you've looked at the numbers, cannot. I think that's the more likely of the two, but then again, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the man's head. The other option is a lot more serious. The other option is that John Kennedy is looking at these numbers in this poll. He's looking at the dysfunction in the LA GOP. He's looking at the dysfunction between all the Republican candidates right now. And he stopped and he's going, you know, I got a shot. I'm the most popular Republican candidate in the state. Jeff Landry's got nothing on me. I just won re-election by a huge percent of I won re-election with more people voting for me than voted in any other race. I might be the guy to do it. That may very well be what Kennedy's thinking, but there's a problem. He just won re-election. To turn around a week after winning re-election, a few months from officially starting that next term, and saying, I want to run for governor, 
is to say, thanks for reelecting me, but I don't really need it. I, I want to do something else now. Thanks for the offer, but I'm going home. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That kind of would be something that turns off the voters. I don't think that 21.7% holds up in that case. I really don't. I think it would end up being a lot closer. Jeff Landry has worked hard as attorney general to secure Republican support and conservative support. He's gone out there. He's been the boots on the ground for the conservatives in the state. Whether you like Landry or not, that's what he's been positioning himself for. And he's done it very well, very tactfully. And here we are now with John Kennedy saying, hey, thanks for giving me re-election. I want to run for governor now. Let's talk about this and more, and of course, your calls, 232-1542. Let's take our bottom of the hour news break. Watch out driving in that rain, folks. We'll be right back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, you can also send a message to the KPL app chat if you want to be part of the conversation. Joining the conversation now, we've got Chad on the line. Chad, how are you today? Hey, good afternoon, Joe. Thank you for setting my call. No problem. Hey, I'm going to just say this. Look, I love and respect uh, John Kennedy. He's, a, he's, a, he's doing a fantastic job as United States Senator. But let's, let's cut to the chase. Let's cut to the crap. This is an ego thing. This is a flat-out ego thing. And all he's trying to do is turn Republicans against one another and to where a John Bellows puppet could just kick back Laugh at us and move, and God forbid another Democrat in Baton Rouge. Yeah, man, I I also like and respect Kennedy, and this does seem like the easiest way. Too. This seems like the easiest way to get a Dr. Sean Wilson in there as governor, doesn't it? We don't. We don't need another. I agree. Before you went to the commercial break, we do not need another Democrat as our governor. We're the only state. We're the only Southern state. Uh, we're the only state in the South with a, uh, a donkey in Baton Rouge. We already got uh, some backstabbing Republicans. We don't need John Kennedy to, to develop that ego. Yeah, yeah, I do think you're right. We need and, and, to keep fighting a good fight. Yeah. To, uh, you know, keep fighting a good fight in Washington, D.C. Yeah, Chad, you're absolutely right. I agree with you 100%. Uh, question, when is uh, idiots like uh, John Paul Cousin up for re-election? <laughs> Uh, Jean Paul is. I let's see. He's currently a rep, and he's 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 running for Senate this year instead. So his seat's going to be open. Um. So he's actually he's looking. For yeah, he's going to run for he's going to run for state senate. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll vote for uh Bucks Bun before him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I think that would be a great choice. I wish Louisiana did write in ballots like some other states did because. I would 100% right. write Bugs Bunny on there. Or, or Mickey Mouse or somebody. Anything but, but that dope. I, th- I, th- I think Mickey Mouse might be a Democrat. Bugs Bunny's clearly a Republican. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Mickey Mouse is a Democrat. He looks like a Democrat. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, if, if Bugs Bunny were a Democrat, he would have been just out. He would have been trying to ban Elmer Fudd instead of using his own weapons against him. Like That's Mick- true. Good point. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Chad, thank you very much for the call. Com- uh, really, really thank enjoy. You, sir. Have a good week. All right, you too. Uh, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Um, got a got a, a message from T on the app chat. Uh, if Sean, referring to Sean Wilson, 
is contemplating a run. It's another four years of Dumbbell Edwards rhetoric, a known fact EBR uh, and Orleans have the majority. And that there is, there is a good uh, point to this. Uh, Wilson is also well known and pretty generally liked here in the Lafayette area too. That, that does make it a lot more difficult. And when you consider the democratic party, 66% of its voters are black. A third of the state is black voter. Popularity in this area, you have Orleans Parish, you have people in, in the capital who like Wilson. It's a very, very good proposition for Democrats going forward. I think that's why they're pushing for it. Wilson hasn't denied it. He's been asked. He hasn't said that he's going to, but he hasn't denied it either. And I think that's an important fact to, to take note of. But here's kind of going off what Chad was saying. If Kennedy does it, you know why he's doing it. It's because over the weekend, Adam Laxall was declared the loser. So now the best the Republicans can do is a 50-50 Senate in the Democrats' favor. The Democrats are in charge. Chuck Schumer is the majority leader. And so Kennedy is not going to get any prime leadership spots on any committee, particularly the Judiciary Committee. And so rather than face, I don't know, uh, two years of not being on a, not being in a leadership spot on a committee, Kennedy can turn around, look here, and say, well, I just want to be the governor of the state then. And Chad calling in and saying, I, I feel this is selfish, and Scott McKay writing it at, at the Hayride, I think that there is, uh, despite the fact that both Chad and Scott like uh, John Kennedy, it does come across to them and a lot of Louisiana residents as kind of selfish. Because here's, here's what happens. He wins re-election one week. The next week, he says that he's thinking about running for governor. And then he decides to run for governor and splits the Republican Party, and splits the Republican vote. And so now we've got months of him focusing on his announcement and focusing on running instead of doing his job in Washington, D.C., and we've got months of him and Jeff Landry, hopefully not, but probably so, taking shots at each other. I mean, we're talking about the two biggest egos in the Republican Party in the state. There's no getting around that. Even if you like them, you have to, rec- you have to understand politics is an egotistical game. And so those two are going to be vying for the majority vote in Louisiana. So you've got months of Kennedy not doing the job he was just reelected to do. Months of him and Landry, maybe, uh, maybe euphemistically, maybe overtly taking shots at each other. So you reelect Kennedy and he spends more than a year not doing the job he just got reelected to. I think that's a problem for voters. I really do. But I'm also, again, not convinced he's actually going to do it. Part of me really thinks it's a warning shot to the other Republicans in the state. Like, hey, you guys are screwing up. You guys are making this all about yourselves when really this is about winning the governor's mansion. And so Billy, uh, you know, Billy Nungesser, Sharon Hewitt, John Schroeder, all of you complaining about it right now, you really need to step back. And you really need to focus on the party and the good of the state rather than your own egos. It could very well be that. It could very well be that warning message. But we'll see going forward. This is a very, 
very tenuous situation the Louisiana GOP finds itself in. And like I said a little while ago, at some level, the state parties have to get their act together. The Louisiana state GOP held its convention here in Lafayette. What was their focus? 2020, Dinesh D'Souza's 2,000 mules. You know, the book he wrote about it had to be retracted and then reprinted because some some information there was not correct. They focused on the past. They're not looking forward. And so in response to everything shifting, they rushed an endorsement of Jeff Landry. Now they've got the rest of the candidates run, you know, mad at him and planning to run out of spite. And now you've got John Kennedy wanting to step in. This could not have been a more insane week for the Louisiana GOP, but it's actually good it's happening to them right now. Because you can bet if this happened six months, five, six, seven months from now, as we're getting well underway into the 2023 election cycle, you can bet that nobody's going to be able to figure out how to fix the problem. Start having this problem right now. As uh, one of our commenters just said in the app chat, sounds like Kennedy didn't think he would be in the minority. I think that's correct. I think Kennedy's not really happy that he's going to be in the minority rather than the majority. And maybe he does want a leadership spot on one of these committees and he's not going to get it. But this is the story of selfish Republicans and they need to put their egos aside and figure out if they truly love the state and they truly want to do what's best by the state, do they need a bitter intraparty fight? I don't think they need it. I don't think they really want it, but I think their egos are getting in the way. 232-1542, let's go ahead and take a break. Your calls, your comments, and a little bit more to round out the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, The Club for Growth, which was a big backer for Donald Trump during his run and his presidency, is essentially firing a warning shot, saying, hey, back off. You know, Trump is scheduled to make his announcement as to whether or not he's going to run in 2024, scheduled to do that tomorrow night. And a lot of the Republican Party is less than enthused about this. So Club for Growth has actually released some internal polling that it's done. And this is noteworthy. In Iowa, their poll now shows Ron DeSantis uh, favored by 48% of the electorate. That has him up 11 points to Donald Trump's 37%. Trump down 15 points on that one. In New Hampshire, DeSantis at 52%, up 7 points from the last time that was polled to Donald Trump's 37%, down 8 in New Hampshire. In Florida, DeSantis at 56%, of course, plus 7 to Trump's 30%, which has Trump down 12. In Georgia, DeSantis at 55%, up 8 points to Trump's 35%, where he's down 6 points. Now again, say what you will about the polls in 2022, and yes, they they did end up being, the, the trends ended up being largely wrong. The media polls were actually very accurate, but Republican polling was pretty off. Say what you want about all that. But this isn't something that we're just seeing on social media. This isn't something that we're just seeing in polling. 
What we're seeing is a lot of people growing frustrated with Trump, his attacks on Ron DeSantis, his attacks now on uh, his attacks on on Glenn Youngkin now saying he made Glenn Youngkin when the Youngkin campaign had to beg Trump not to come into Virginia because the Democrats were trying to tie Youngkin to Trump and Trump not going into Virginia actually ended up being a good thing for Youngkin and helped him win in that state. But now there's real concern that Trump actually might be a destabilizing force. And so Republican groups are getting motivated. The Club for Growth Growth is not some establishment group. They are a very outside group. And now they're saying this is a bad idea. So you do need to be aware of that. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. We've got Bert on the line. Bert, how are you today? I'm doing fine. What you got for us? I hear a lot of people talking about how the Republicans didn't put up good candidates, but I can't see us losing to Fetterman in Pennsylvania. I just think, because I think Oz was definitely a lot better candidate than Fetterman, and I just can't believe the people of Pennsylvania wanted Fetterman over Oz. So that one is a very tricky one. And there is a reason when you look at when you look at the fallout data, you look at the exit polling data, everything like that. It looks like uh, Fetterman's campaign did a very, very good job of painting Oz as the guy from New Jersey who's out of touch. And they were able to take advantage of that. That That's kind of the autopsy report out of Pennsylvania that most Republicans are looking at right now and kind of determining that, yeah, he, I mean, Oz didn't really have much of a connection with the state. The voters didn't like it. The voters, in, in retrospect, looking back at it, it looks like the concerns over Oz and his state of health and everything like that, the media appears to have played that up more than the voters actually care, which is very weird to you and me. But Pennsylvania, that apparently was something they were looking at. They were looking more at Oz and his point of origin and the fact that he's this TV celebrity doctor and not one of them. They were actually concerned with the stroke for Fetterman. They, they basically see, well, the effects of the stroke, those can get better over time. But Oz is always going to be a TV doctor from New Jersey. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Did did the effect that I think Pennsylvania is a highly uh, organized far as for unions. Yes. Big with unions. And I think that probably had a lot to do with Fetterman winning. Oh, absolutely. Um, Fetterman, uh, you know, you saw the way he dressed and he was getting mocked for wearing the hoodie and the jeans all the time. But that appealed to the blue collar workers of Pennsylvania. And, and don't forget, they're not always so blue. They're not always so Democrat. In 2016, union households in Pennsylvania actually split about 50-50 between Trump and Hillary. And that's what gave Trump Pennsylvania. So, it's possible for a Republican to win there, but when you've got a rich TV doctor from New Jersey, they're not going to go for that, it, it looks like. Now, I understand the concern because, you know, Pennsylvania is also a state that has like six weeks of early voting, and there's there's all sorts of questions about that and, and, and changing the rules last time and all this. But when you look at what the voters actually said coming away from the polls, it really looks like a who actually represents us type of mentality. 
Okay. All right, Bert. Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah. See, okay. see that that y'all. I'm I'm as shocked as y'all. Um, I I really, but again, I'm not on the ground in Pennsylvania, and there were people who are on the ground in Pennsylvania who are looking at it. Um, you know, despite how left they are, Huffington Post has this breakdown, and it's a very good breakdown looking at what the Democratic Party, what the Democratic campaign for John Fetterman took away. Um, there were several, several points that they walked away with here, one of them being the importance of money. They spent their money very strategically. They really harped on the message that Oz was not one of us, you know, not somebody from Pennsylvania. They really harped on that a lot. Uh, they were able to define Oz not as a doctor. He was just some rich jerk from Jersey is basically what they were saying and the message they were able to get out there. Um, taking on the powerful. Fetterman, by not being the rich TV doctor from New Jersey, Fetterman was the underdog taking on the powerful. He dressed like the common man. Yeah, he was the lieutenant governor, but he, he had that more one of us feel to it. Um, these are the things the Democratic Party is walking away. And frankly, and frankly, the Republican Party is looking at it as well. The stroke stuff did not help as much as they as the Republicans were hoping it did. So they've got to figure out why. And again, it comes down to candidate quality. Uh, you had Dave McCormick in Pennsylvania, who was a very well-respected Republican in the state, who was also in that primary. And Oz was behind in the primary until he got the endorsements from, I mean, from Trump. I mean, Hannity, Melania Trump, others convinced Trump to endorse Mehmet Oz. And that pushed Oz over the top, made a lot of Republicans angry. There were a lot of conservatives who were behind the scenes going, what in God's name is he doing? Why would he support Oz? Oz is nowhere near the type of politician you want in that environment. But that's what they went with. The, the, Trump was able to get a plurality of his supporters in Pennsylvania out to vote for Mehmet Oz. It gave him the primary win and put him up against Fetterman. So going back to what I said at the beginning, the big deal here is that Republicans need better candidate recruitment and candidate training. And it needs to start at the state level. Twitter.com, Joe P. Cunningham is the username there. Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Substack, Joe Cunningham Show. Substack.com. You can sign up for the show notes, my daily columns, everything there. And I will talk to you guys again in 23 hours. Shannon is off sides with the old school nerd next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.